Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Callender. Quite a bit of sports to talk about this weekend, obviously with the NFL Conference Championships, but I'm going to direct my attention to the NBA uh, for starters, just because uh, I had quite a bit of news and a lot of emotions boiling over, it seems, uh, with uh, the all-star game on deck uh, so uh the all-star game uh starters were announced and uh basically uh it's actually a format change coming uh to the uh, all-star game this year mainly because the game has been a joke <laughs> for the better part of a decade honestly because no one plays any defense because no one wants to actually get hurt or shown up. Uh, just a lot of egos in terms of the NBA. So what the NBA sought to do was to spice things up by mo- removing the conference designations uh, from uh, the actual uh, game itself and make it more of a uh, representative uh, uh, state in terms of having... Uh, the representatives of the East and West broke it up into teams. So uh, it was actually based off of the leading vote-getters in uh, both leagues, which I actually disagree with how they set this up. Uh, I thought it should have just been the top two vote-getters divide their teams, but they based it off of the top two vote-getters in the conferences, and I'll get into what happened. So... Uh, LeBron James won the uh, was the leading vote getter in the East, and Steph Curry ended up being the leading vote getter in the West. The problem is, is that he set up a whole bunch of complications. Uh, but uh, the first of which is that uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, better known as the Greek Freak, was actually the second highest vote getter. Uh, and finished ahead of Steph in terms of votes, which, you know, was a tremendous accomplishment because uh, throughout the process, uh, 
the uh, Greek Freak was actually ahead of LeBron in the overall voting, and LeBron only overtook him in the last uh, four days or so, uh, leading up to the uh, the announcement of the rosters. So uh, it, it was actually a bit of an amalgamation of how this all went down. So he had the fan vote, uh, obviously, uh, but it was broken down into fan vote counts for 50%. The media vote counts for 25%, and the players individually voting counting for the remaining 25%. So, all things considered, uh, this turned into a bit of a of a, of, of a debacle here because you had players not getting voted on as much as they probably should. LeBron wasn't getting top votes among players over other players, so... It, and the NBA revealed all this information. So uh, you kind of get the sense of which players are not really that well liked in the league and which players are still getting votes from other uh, uh, teams. So LeBron wasn't getting a lot of votes. You had Russell Westbrook not getting a lot of votes among his peers. It was a weird situation. You, then you had a situation where... Uh, Joel Embiid uh, beat out Christoph Porzingis for one of the forward spots, but at the same time, uh, Chris, uh, Porzingis actually had more votes from the players than Embiid, but uh, Embiid beat out Porzingis on both uh, the, uh, the overall fan vote and the uh, players' vote. So anyway, let me read through the projected starters, but again, I'm going to get into why this all-star format got completely uh, messed up in the first place. So uh, here are the starters for uh, the Eastern Conference. For the backcourt, we've got Kyrie and DeMar DeRozan. Uh, Obviously, Kyrie Irving uh, now on the Celtics uh, after the trade from the Cavs. Uh, DeRozan on the Raptors. Uh, Most people, I mean... NBA people would know, but casual fans, I, I do think DeRozan might be a surprise, but he has had a excellent year uh, this year with uh, averaging 25 a game, 5 assists. I mean, he is a, sh- he is a shooting guard, though. Uh, make no mistake about it. Same with Kyrie. These are, these are really uh, shooting guards playing the point, but, uh, uh, well, DeRozan plays more off guard and while Lowry plays the point, but Kyrie is the primary ball handler for the Celtics. Uh, the front court, uh, you've got Joel Embiid, as I mentioned, uh, beating out uh, Porzingis, uh, uh, Antetokounmpo on the Bucks, and uh, you got LeBron, obviously, as the team captain. Uh, so that's the East over on the West. The back court is, again, Steph Curry and James Harden. So Russell Westbrook gets left out of the picture. Uh, the front court features... Uh, Kevin Durant, obviously, and then uh, the uh, the teammates from uh, the uh, Pelicans. Uh, you got Anthony Davis and uh, Demarcus Cousins. So, you know, it, it, some folks may not actually realize this, but like the the actual pairing has worked out well, uh, playing well together because uh, uh, Anthony Davis uh, and Cousins are both averaging over twenty five points a game and over. Uh, 10 rebounds a game. Uh, they play well together. The issue with the Pelicans uh, isn't the front court. It's the fact that uh, they don't have nearly em- enough uh, depth in that roster 
from their bench to actually win enough games, and that's where why they're they're struggling more than they probably should. Uh, but uh, again, this is uh, uh, based off of uh, who the star players are, and they are well deserving of being uh, the uh, front court starters for the Western Conference. Now, leading back to the issue of how this was set up, because of the fact that now you have situations where LeBron and Steph are the team captains, you got obvious conflicts because technically you could split all these players up now because it doesn't matter what the voting was. So the Vans voted, but the teams themselves aren't actually set. So uh, Durant, I mean, so Durant could end up being picked by LeBron. Uh, you could have uh, Curry picking other players, but uh, let me get back to this. So uh, basically what uh, LeBron and Steph have to do is that uh, between the remaining eight uh, starters, they have to select those guys. So essentially you got a situation where you're forcing LeBron to ignore Kyrie Irving <laughs> Because he doesn't want to play with Kyrie, and Kyrie definitely doesn't want to play with LeBron. And then you got Steph, who obviously is obligated to uh, pick a Durant if he has the chance to pick him overall number one. So, uh, And, of course, there's this whole weird dynamic between uh, LeBron and KD kind of being passive-aggressive with each other on Twitter and Instagram. I, I mean, again, it's a... It's a bunch of uh, uh, random stuff, which would make for awesome TV, except the NBA is not actually making public any of the selections. So, yes, the NBA is going out of its way to protect their own superstars from being uh, making awkward television and uh, just uh, precluding uh, any of the uh, draft selection process from being uh, shown online or on TV. So basically, they're going to do this draft process offline uh, without the media or fans uh, being involved. And of course, everyone took to it that uh, maybe LeBron uh, told Adam Silver, I don't want to be stuck in this uh, situation where I have to uh, like ignore players on national TV and come across uh, that... Uh, like, I'm deliberately not selecting some players, which is clearly the case. So, uh, if, if, you're, if you tell me uh, how this is broke down, it, it's, it's kind of obvious. But, uh, anyway, I'll, I'll get into uh, what the, uh, uh, the overall impact is. Because, uh, in terms of the fan voting, a couple of guys who surprised me were... Uh, Russell Westbrook, on the fan voting side, Russell Westbrook finished fourth among the uh, Western Conference guards. So he was actually beat out not only by Steph Curry and James Harden, but Manu Ginobili. <laughs> Man, even, and I love Manu, but the fan voting is ridiculous here from San Antonio. So I, I give credit to the Spurs fans for... Uh, uh, showing Manu some love, but Manu beating out Westbrook has got to piss off Russell Westbrook, especially after he signed the contract extension to stay in OKC that the OKC fan base could not find the time to actually vote him to be in the top three, at least, regards. I mean, even Harden has to be a, l a little bit miffed. I know he missed uh, 
uh, tied with the hamstring injury. But that's a little bit embarrassing that Manu Ginobili <laughs> got more votes uh, than uh, for the feds than uh, Harden or Westbrook. Uh, a couple other names that uh, uh, drew some attention uh, in terms of uh, the voting. Uh Draymond Green got a decent push uh, up up the ranks uh, in terms of the fan voting. Uh, and uh, I, I would also say that uh, Kawhi Leonard still, despite missing so much time uh, overall, still managed to finish eighth in the front court voting, which to me is insane because Kawhi got more votes from uh, the fans than LaMarcus Aldridge. So uh, I... I, I you know, again, Spurs fans, I, I I love the enthusiasm, but LaMarcus Aldridge has been carrying your team this first half of the season and and got no no appreciation from it from the Spurs fan base, in my opinion. I mean that that's uh, that that's a, that's a little bit disrespectful. I mean, I and I and I love uh, uh, Kawhi. Don't get me wrong, but I mean seriously, it, it's uh, it's not even close how. Uh, uh, much of a disparity the Spurs would be at, uh, but the um, the fact that uh, uh, he didn't get more votes for the, uh, his own fan base and Manu got second. I mean, again, Manu's having a great year, uh, but Aldridge is the reason why the Spurs have performed as well as they have without uh, Kawhi being in the lineup. So anyway, uh, getting back to uh, the dynamics of the NBA uh, All-Star Draft, if you will. Uh, the NHL did this a couple of years ago, and it always made for interesting television, even though it was awkward television, because you would have the guys who weren't getting selected getting more and more kind of like, hey, wait a second, why am I not getting picked? So it would have been nice to see the NBA players' egos bruised on national TV, and I think that's part of the reason why the players were trying to talk uh, the NBA out of doing it. But to me, if the NBA was going to go along with this idea, then go along with the idea fully and just let it uh, let it play out, not do it halfway through and then yeah, leave, leave it to uh, suggestion as to how everything went down. Because now, uh, you know, you want to see the dynamic of how far does Russell Westbrook fall? Because obviously... Westbrook and KD do not want to play with each other if they uh, if they could avoid it. But does LeBron employ game theory and keep not selecting Westbrook, knowing that uh, Curry's not going to take uh, Westbrook if uh, he's already got KD on his team? And likewise, uh, if LeBron had the first pick, would he take KD? Because technically, if LeBron was serious about his quote of saying that they need to make the All-Star game watchable again and put more of an effort he would take the best player available uh, and actually select the KD, even though he's got a little bit of rivalry going on with him. So, again, these are all things that would have been fun to actually watch on TV play out. And now, you know, you're just going to get the selections uh, being handled from outside the league. But, uh, I mean, again, it should have been under the purview of uh, the actual uh, fans themselves so we could all watch on TV. Because now you got uh, you've got you've got more of a uh, of a kind of closed door uh, approach to it. Now again, compared to the years past, uh, if this had been left strictly up to the fans, you would have had Manu starting in the backcourt with Steph, 
Which, again, would have been ridiculous, but, I mean, I think it still would have been hilarious. And just see how annoyed Russell Westbrook would be that uh, not only did he not make the starters, he also still ended up behind James Harden. And Harden would be annoyed too, but at least Harden got injured. Uh, Westbrook's been healthy the entire year. So, anyway, uh, that's where I kind of stand on... uh, the all-star selection process, if you will. So uh, uh, we should be getting uh, the additional uh, reserve players uh, being named by the NBA coaches. Uh, That happens on uh, Tuesday. So uh, we're going to get, we're going to get some more names. Uh, We already had a bit of a, of a controversy brewing right now because of how the fit, the player voting went down compared to, uh, the fans and the media, and that came down to our own unicorn, Kristaps Porzingis. Again, this is a all-star game nonsense controversy. Porzingis is claiming himself to be an all-star because he was asked about uh, how the voting went down and about how Embiid edged him out. Porzingis basically said that players select him to be an all-star he expects to be an all-star and he expects to be there you know people are making a big deal about this because they're framing it in the context of Embiid versus Porzingis who deserves to play this that, and the other as it's long and short of it Porzingis has played more games played more minutes than Embiid and Embiid's on a minutes restriction but Porzingis is also the one who brought up the fact that he feels tired so again why is he clamoring to be in the all-star game if he's claiming to be tired during regular season game for the Knicks. So, uh, you know, this is one of those things where it's a much ado about nothing type of situation. But again, this is stemmed out of the fact that, uh, you know, the ridiculousness nature of just how NBA players perceive themselves. Everyone wants to be an all-star and wants to get named to such. Now, a guy who should be on the all-star team, and deservedly uh, so has been an MVP on his team, is actually Lou Williams on the Clippers. And Lou Williams has been a journeyman basically the entirety of his career. Uh, uh, And I believe it's either a 13 or 14-year career. Lou Williams has been around for a while now. Uh, So, But he's, he's never really been the guy. And with all the injuries the Clippers had this year with Blake Griffin and others going down and Chris Paul getting dealt to Houston, I mean, there was a void there, and Lou Williams stepped up to the plate. He's been averaging over 20 points a game. He's been the clutch go-to shooter on the Clippers that they really haven't had. And, yes, I know they had J.J. Redick, but J.J. Redick is not the clutch create-his-own-offense type of shooter that uh, Williams has been this year. Uh, Reddick's more of a spot-up shooter uh, and maneuvering off the screens. Uh, You're not running your offense through J.J. Reddick. So, again, this is one of those situations where the Clippers end up kind of discovering through sheer luck, essentially, uh, Lou Williams uh, having a career resurgence just out of need and necessity. So, Lou Williams is someone I I would like to see get a nod uh, for the All-Star game because this is probably going to be his only shot at actually making the game uh, at this stage of his career. So uh, that would be a story to look out for. 
Now, speaking of someone who's going to make an all-star team, but, you know, you'd swear he wasn't being valued by his own team, is Kemba Walker. Because Kemba Walker is uh, likely to make the all-star team, but Kemba Walker, uh, for all intents and purposes, is on the trading block with uh, uh, his own team. So the uh, Charlotte Hornets are looking to move uh, Kemba, even though he's averaging over 20 points and five assists a game. Uh, He's not even in the final year of his contract, uh, but uh, the... The Hornets are looking at this as a situation where they've got a ton of money uh, that they're trying to shed payroll over. Uh, Michael Jordan is not happy with the product of the team. The Dwight Howard experience, uh, yeah, Dwight Howard experiment rather, hasn't worked out. Shocker. Uh, so, I mean, he's trying to get out of some of these contracts, and the most attractive piece they can offer is Kemba Walker. So. Through no real fault of his own, because Kemba has been kind of been playing similar to who he has his entire career. He's been a little bit more efficient uh, from a field goal percentage standpoint, but in terms of output, he's a 19 point game, five assists. I mean, the issue is the fact that, uh, you know. I don't think Kemba Walker necessarily makes you an elite team. He's a very good player, not a great player. So it kind of limits number of teams you're going to trade him to because, again, uh, while he's not uh, going to be making a ton of money, he's only going to be making 12 mil and it's the final year of his deal. How many teams in uh, on either uh, in either conference uh, don't uh, – don't already have an elite point guard option. That, that's just because of the rules changes. You kind of need an elite point guard. So most of the teams are already accounted for. So then you're kind of going down the list of teams that don't have a guard combination that can really uh, uh, make uh, make it work. And so, uh, you know, it, it really goes down to, all right, what – uh, what teams can make a deal for Kemba Walker? Uh, you can look at the Pacers because uh, maybe you could uh, pair Kemba Walker with uh, Victor Oladipo, and the Pacers are already in uh, uh, in the playoffs, if you will. At the playoffs started today, so uh, they shouldn't uh, just because of uh, how well Victor Oladipo's played. So they could be looking to add some pieces to make it a little bit easier for him uh, to move further along. Uh, and they solidify themselves as a as a top uh, top Eastern Conference team, uh, but again, it, it it's kind of tough. But so you know the long shot here because I know people are going to be talking about the Knicks, but the Knicks are not in a win now position. They don't have any uh, anywhere uh, to go uh, to. Uh, make uh, make a, a big stride because again with the Knicks they're not winning it anytime soon so why would you trade for Kemba Walker so I mean they were throwing out okay well the Knicks need a point guard so if you trade Jared Jack and Neil Kina you know you, you got you can get Kemba Walker and it's like why would we trade Neil Kina when again the Knicks aren't winning now the Knicks don't have any pieces to compete with the top teams in the East the Knicks need to be able to attract free agents. 
you know, Kemba Walker's not going to really do anything for us. So, again, that move doesn't make any sense. So the team that I'm kind of looking at is the Cavs, if you will. Uh, you know, Isaiah Thomas has come back from injury, but is still sluggish. The Cavs are in a kind of a weird spot because they're not winning games. No one seems to be happy. Uh, they actually need to figure out how to solidify that team in short order because while it doesn't matter what seed they get in the East, they just need to have their playoff rotation solidified and and get things squared away. I mean, outside of that, because the only other move uh, they can do to bring in someone would be uh, making a trade to get DeAndre Jordan and maybe involving Tristan Thompson, but... You know, again, DeAndre has his own baggage. IT uh, basically has an issue where you're not sure if the hip's going to be healthy enough for him to be a major contributor in the playoffs. And that's all that matters to the Cavs. So the Cavs took the gamble, uh, dealt Kyrie, because, I mean, that was uh, the best offer they can get. They got IT and the first-round pick of the Nets. Uh and, you know, that was a good package uh, for the Cavs because uh, the relationship between Kyrie and LeBron was, it was non-functional at that point. So they did what they could. The problem is, is that IT has been sluggish and his numbers are way down from last year. And it's looking closer to the beginning of Isaiah Thomas's career rather than uh, the last two years, uh, two and a half years when he was with Boston. So. Again, the Cavs might be a spot for Kemba Walker. You dra- you trade Kemba for IT. If I'm the Cavs, that deal might have to be something you have to consider because LeBron, <laughs> for all intents and purposes, LeBron could be gone next year. You have to try to win in this window. So if you're not 100% sure that IT is going to be healthy, you may need to roll the dice one more time uh, and hope that it, be- it works out in your favor. Because, again, Campbell Walker is not a needle. Uh, uh, it's not, not going to push the needle. But if IT is not healthy enough come playoff time, he's definitely not going to move the needle. So you gotta you got to try to at least put yourself in the best position possible uh, for a deal. And... That's where I'm kind of leaning towards is that uh, the Cavs may actually have to find themselves in a spot where they need to uh, make a move again because Isaiah Thomas isn't able to uh, integrate uh, uh, properly with uh, LeBron and company. Now, the bad news doesn't just end there for Isaiah Thomas because he also got into another beef this week. And this is one of the most... this is a ridiculous story, but it's not the most ridiculous story of the week. So for the NBA, there's, there are two more that are coming that if, if you indulge me. So Isaiah Thomas got into a beef this week with Paul Pierce of the Celtics, uh, the Celtics alum, because Isaiah Thomas wanted to have a night so he could celebrate his Celtics career with his family. Now, originally, Isaiah had the opportunity to celebrate this with a video montage uh, when the Cavs and Celtics played a few months ago, 
But Isaiah turned it down because he was still injured and wanted to have apparently his moment when he was healthy and he could have his family there with him. So the alternative date that they worked out happened to be among the actual day of Paul Pierce's uh, retire uh, jersey retirement ceremony with the Celtics. So it was Paul Pierce Appreciation Night. Danny Ainge went to Paul Pierce asking if uh, he would be willing to share the spotlight with uh, with <laughs> Isaiah Thomas, and Paul Pierce was less than uh, <laughs> apologetic with his words, uh, but uh, he he literally said that he wouldn't. Uh, uh, he w- he would not even remotely be interested in having it uh, share uh, be a part of his night. So uh, he went off on a, a rant uh, on this uh, too. Where in uh, I'll play the clip because uh, th- this this got a little bit ridiculous. But I get his point. But I I, I also see the counter argument here. So I'll play the clip. Yeah, so basically, Paul Pierce just wants tribute videos for himself uh, on his retirement night. I, I I get it. I but the counter argument and people have raised it is that Pierce was being a bit petty with it because again, a tribute video could take literally a minute, but Paul wanted the entire night to be about himself. I believe me, I get both sides of the argument because. He's put in the year, so technically he's earned the right to have a strike. The fact that it blew up into this media story is kind of ridiculous because, it, again, there was too many clips of people just weighing in on this. So uh, uh, Ray John Rondo kind of ripped into, uh, <laughs> into uh, Isaiah Thomas. Then you had Tony Allen ripping into Isaiah Thomas. Uh, I mean... 
I I see where Isaiah Thomas come from because he wasn't uh, he 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 was uh, an MVP, but again, this is so ridiculous in terms of how this matter because Isaiah should have just handled this even though he was hurt to have the return, but he wanted it to be when he was healthy. Uh, you know, in life we don't always get to pick the uh, pick and choose our moment. So again. It just seems petty all the way around. Nobody really looks good. Uh, Danny Ainge looks like he's feeling guilty for trading IT when he was hurt anyway. Uh, and maybe not necessarily giving him the best advice uh, with the medical staff when he got the injury. Uh, because he could have had the, the hip surgery and not uh, uh, not played in the playoffs. But, uh, you, you know, everyone came out looking a little bit... Uh, uh, look a little bit bad on this one. So, again, not the most ridiculous story uh, in the NBA this week. So, I got another contender here uh, for ridiculousness. Was uh, earlier this week, you had a matchup between... Uh, you had the T-Wolves and the Magic. And, you know, you wouldn't think much of this except for the fact that a fight broke out. <laughs> and... Basically, it was uh, Aaron Aflalo who, even though he grew up in Compton, uh, basically you would think he was one of Will and Carlton's teammates on Bel Air High, just the way he conducts himself. Uh, basically, as straight as an arrow, so you wouldn't you wouldn't ex- uh, expect any uh, anything out of him. But for whatever reason, uh, he he got into it with the Manjib. Uh, uh, Belica, uh, or better known as Belly, uh, on the T-Wolves, and Aflalo is the one who started the fight. Uh, uh, they got a little bit physical the first go-round, and, uh, you know, on the next away, on the next trip down, Aflalo throws a haymaker at, <laughs> uh, at Nemanja, and Nemanja basically put Aflalo in a headlock, <laughs> just like kind of gave him the little brother treatment. So, not only did Aflalo horribly... Horribly miss a haymaker. Uh, I mean, if he connected, yeah, he would have been suspended uh, even more games than the two games he got. But not only did he look like he couldn't fight, he also got a little brothered. Even though uh, Nemanja has a couple of inches on him, uh, you kind of look like uh, a clown there. Because uh, and then after the game, Nemanja doesn't get suspended and also kind of wins the war of words because he's like, I don't know what's wrong with the dude, but he just started throwing on me. Which kind of looks like what happened there because if you if you watch the video, uh, you know, they, I mean, he gets a block on uh, Aflalo, and on the next trip down, Aflalo uh, bumps. Uh, they run into each other, and Aflalo uh, gets mad and then starts uh, starts uh, starts the altercation by throwing uh, trying to throw a haymaker at him. So again, a lot of aggression seems to be going on with. Uh, the NBA these days, because uh, you you had uh, players yelling at each other, you had, you had uh, a little bit of a dust up between uh, Ben Simmons and Kyle Lowry. Again, Kyle Lowry, one of again one of the most cornbread type of characters you'll see. Not nearly someone that you would actually expect to be uh, a tough guy. Uh, yeah, those guys throwing words. You have guys like a Flalo. Try to start a fist fight again. Even though he grew up in Compton, 
not even remotely I can't even remember one altercation where Aaron Aflalo delivered a hard foul to anyone in his time on the Knicks. Uh, just not one of those players. So, uh, <laughs> comical when you actually see him try to start a fight. But, again, uh, it doesn't top the most ridiculous story in the NBA this week. Which was the Chris Paul return to L.A. story. Now, to set the scene here, obviously, uh, Paul got traded in the offseason to the Rockets. From all indications, it did not seem to be a harmonious uh, departure from uh, the Clippers as uh, stories were kind of going out that Chris Paul was unhappy about the direction of the team, the way Doc Rivers was running the team, not necessarily happy about uh, how the uh, uh, how things were being handled by Clippers management, but... Uh, Overall, just the fact that he uh, did not feel as though uh, his uh, career uh, was going to be in the best light moving forward with uh, the Clippers and that his time has kind of run its course. So the Clippers harbored some ill will, but uh, the game itself uh, the other night uh, had a little bit of of, uh, dust up. So uh, I'll I'll get into what actually transpired. Blake Griffin, for lack of a better term, was a bully the other night against the Rockets. Uh, Roughed up a couple of players, which is shocking because it's Blake Griffin we're talking about here. It kind of shows how little respect he has for the Rockets because Blake Griffin doesn't body up anyone. Uh, So uh, he put up, uh, uh, he he muscled some guys around. Uh, This... uh, this seems that um, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of what happened uh, end up being uh, uh, just the Rockets not being very tough. But the one thing that seemed to set the Rockets on edge uh, seemed to be one play where Blake Griffin uh, went out of his way to go out of bounds and then elbowed Mike D'Antoni. So Mike D'Antoni started getting into Blake Griffin's face uh, and, and, and uh, yelling at him. Which kind of touched uh, things off because then Chris Paul had to get involved, Trevor Ariza got involved, and a lot of guys were taking shots at Blake Griffin. Now, what happened at some point uh, towards the end of the game, uh, uh, I believe it was Ariza who thought he heard Austin Rivers, who's injured by the way, uh, chirping at him from the bench. So... by the time this game ended up wrapping up, because uh, uh, Griffin uh, uh, Griffin ended up getting ejected with about a minute to go in the game, uh, the game ended up where the Rockets uh, players, so you had uh, Gerald Green, who is supposed to be the backup for James Harden, uh, not anymore, <laughs> but uh, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, Gerald Green and Ariza decided to, it was a good idea to try to get into the Clippers locker room to confront Blake Griffin. Now, while this was going on, and this is where the the story uh, went off the rails, apparently Chris Paul was trying to play Peacemaker, and uh, there's supposedly some type of tunnel that connects the uh, Clippers locker room, home locker room, with the visitors locker room. So Chris Paul used the backdoor entrance or tunnel, if you will, 
to get into the Clippers locker room to play Peacemaker uh, along with uh, James Harden. Now, the issue where this took off is that uh, the initial tweets that uh, came out from the media was that Chris Paul was leading some secret tunnel uh, party of, uh, of uh, Rockets players into the Clicker, uh, Clippers locker room, and that's uh, someone on the Clippers called the cops because the a police presence was announced, which is what made this story top the NBA because uh, <laughs> inside the NBA uh, just had a laugh track on this one for uh, for a solid two minutes with Shaq and Charles Barkley just laughing their asses off because. When you think about it as a whole, to have a police presence called for the State Farm agent, uh, <laughs> a celebrity personality, and his teammates who were singing either Backstreet Boys or NSYNC in a car with, uh, for their State Farm commercial, for those guys to be the guys that are intimidating you to call the cops, I, I, I mean, that's... <laughs> That is, <laughs> that is, uh, that, that's where everyone not, uh, started laughing because, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, Shaq was, uh, Shaq was like, uh, hello, please, Chris Paul's trying to beat me up. I mean, honestly, can you imagine, like, how that call went down? Where it's like, 911, what's your emergency? And you're like, saying that the State Farm, uh, commercial is coming to life and these guys are coming to harass, harass me. I mean, you're got. I mean, Blake Griffin is six eight. There's who called the cops? <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe it was security staff, but uh, the the fact that because the police did get called, so the, 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 there was a police response uh, to it by I guess the security staff. But uh, it it was the most ridiculous story in the NBA because uh, the actual dynamic behind it uh you know the uh the fact the fact that uh the secret tunnel story got uh, called out ended up being the uh <laughs> the the i mean honestly and some of the tweets were like just vicious uh i mean uh they they, they actually uh Someone actually put out the uh, the tweet that Chris Paul actually leading a team somewhere was that might have been the vi- most vicious burn, uh, just because of how over the top it ended up becoming. Because again, you got secret tunnels, you've got Blake Griffin actually acting tough or trying to act tough, and the fact that uh, the um, the <laughs> the amount of people, I mean. Who's who's looking? Who's going? Actually, I mean, again, who's calling the cops when you got three basketball players in a locker room of fifteen basketball players minimal? What were they gonna do? Uh, like honestly, that might have been the dumbest part of the story. Uh, James Harden ain't fighting anyone. Ariza ain't fighting anyone. I think Ariza was the one actually singing the song, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, whether it was NSYNC or Backstreet Boys, I think he was the one singing the song in the uh, State Farm commercial. So, again, uh, just ridiculous. But, you know, this is why the NBA gets laughed at at Twitter so much. Because, you know, who else 
<laughs> would actually uh, have this uh, melodrama where you can actually have the cops called for a sporting event. Just utterly ridiculous. So the long and short of it is that only the Rockets players got suspended, but not the star players because uh, the, the Rockets are playing Saturday uh, uh, tonight against uh, the Warriors. So you've got uh, uh, only Gerald Green and uh, Trevor Ariza are suspended uh, for two games. Uh, none of the Clippers got suspended, which the Rockets were complaining about. Uh, the only guy who actually did deserve to get suspended uh, was uh, Blake Griffin because, you know, technically he did go out of bounds to elbow Mike D'Antoni, which is what set this thing off in the first place. Uh, but uh, uh, the NBA ruled that the contact was uh, it, uh, was minimal. I mean, I don't know. It seemed to be he could have gone out of his way to avoid D'Antoni, and he uh, got into him. But you know, the NBA made uh, made its call. But uh, I, I just, <laughs> I, I, I just laugh because, <laughs> again, when you have the context of Chris Paul leading a secret brigade through a tunnel. With Clint Capella or someone, uh, they they thought it was Clint Capella, but it it, it just seemed to be uh, so, so, someone else entirely. But like someone knocking on the door to distract the Clippers so Chris Paul can lead guys into the secret tunnel uh, uh, to sneak attack the uh, the Clippers. I I mean honestly, it was the dumbest story I've actually had the pleasure of reading uh, in a while that did not involve Blake Bortles. So. I, I get I give I give credit to the NBA. It, it made me laugh for a good day and a half. Uh, so I got a little late through reporting the story, but uh, just just ridiculous uh, how that all played out. So anyway, I'm gonna get into uh, finally some fantasy aspect uh, to this. So I'm uh, I've got a couple of uh, NBA items uh, to look at. So. Uh, players that I'm looking at for a season-long NBA and also DFS that you should consider now that we're getting close to the trade deadline. Uh, Lori Marketing uh, on the Chicago Bulls. I'm making a really st- a strong push for uh, a late search for Rookie of the Year. He's going to fall. He's not going to win it, but uh, he's averaging uh, 19 points a game, eight rebounds, uh, hitting at least three pointers, uh, three three-pointers a game. Uh, and shooting over 50% from the field. So, uh, and crazily enough, uh, he's got a 90, I think it's a close to 94% free throw percentage, which is insane. Um, so, uh, definitely someone I would be looking at to acquire in a trade or just, uh, from a DFS standpoint, because, uh, here's, here's what's happening, uh, uh, Nikola Mirotic uh, is going to get moved uh, by the Bulls. Uh, he's already announced to the Bulls uh, that he wants to lead the team, uh, even though he's uh, he's averaging over 17 points a game since coming back to the Bulls lineup. Uh, the f- fact that he had his jaw broken by Bobby Portis uh, to, uh, earlier on in the year uh, hasn't really gotten over that. I, I can't blame him. <laughs> That he hasn't gotten it over uh, that aspect yet since Portis is still on the team. And, you know, 
having a guy who broke your jaw probably is not the most healthy environment to be a part of uh, in terms of a workplace. So, again, I, I look at this and say that uh, you Miritich is on the way out. Uh, wherever he's going, it's probably going to be on a playoff team, uh, most likely. So, that's going to cut down on Miritich's minutes uh, and impact someone else. But Markkinen's minutes are going to keep increasing, and he's going to get more shots with Miritich out of the way. Uh, so I, I definitely look at Miritich as someone you definitely uh, should uh, be looking at to uh, uh, add, add to your roster or trade for uh, moving forward. Um, next player I would say uh, to take a look at is uh, Isaiah Thomas. And I talked about it for a couple of reasons. IT has not been the player that, uh, you know, you were waiting on. And I know it's early, but at the same time, it's one of those situations where some folks would say buy low. I'm just saying don't, uh, don't wait on him forever because, again, you know, there's only so much time you have available uh, uh, to make a splash. I'm already done in fantasy this year because... Uh, the Kawhi Leonard situation just completely is taking me out of it. Uh, just the back and forth with it. So I, I just don't think that there's much left there. Uh, but Isaiah Thomas, you've been, if you've been waiting on him, you know, it's been a very rough go of it. It, it just may, the value may not be there. So if you can get something for him, I would say take a strong look at, uh, making the deal. A couple other guys to look out for. Jabari Parker uh, should finally be coming back from injury with the Bucks. Uh, obviously, uh, the meniscus there. Uh, you know, if you if you've had him on your roster, obviously you're not moving him. But if he's still available on waivers, uh, definitely pick him up uh, and uh, just stash him for a few more weeks because uh, he should be back uh, uh, right after the All Star break. Austin Rivers, he of the, uh, I did not start any any trash talking war, and I'm not my father's son uh, leeching off the team. Uh, technically, Austin Rivers, you are leeching off the team because Lou Williams is the proven veteran in that backcourt, not you, but uh, Austin Rivers is still going to get playing time. So with that in mind, as long as Doc Rivers is still coaching the team. Austin's going to be in the rotation. So uh, Rivers is still going to get you somewhere around 15 points a game, about four assists. Nothing, uh, nothing spectacular, but it's passable enough uh, from a fantasy perspective. So I would take a look at uh, uh, Rivers there. And, you know, uh, other guys you can take a look at uh, that are maybe on waivers uh, most likely. Uh, you got Yogi Ferrell on... Uh, Dallas, uh, just, uh, he's also averaging 15 points, about six rebounds a game, uh, hits a couple of threes, uh, on regular. Uh, so good opportunity there. If you're looking, uh, looking for, uh, help at the guard position and then, uh, Damari Carroll, uh, on the Brooklyn Nets, uh, having a career year, uh, basically uh, spread out, uh, in terms of categories, uh, about, uh, Averaging a little over 12 points a game, six rebounds. 
gets steals, has uh, some blocks. Uh, but uh, Carroll's game just uh, 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 focuses uh, higher on uh, points leagues than uh, categories leagues. So if you got points leagues, obviously the, the rebounds, the steals, all, all those hustle plays actually help out. So uh, he actually slots in well as one of those bench players that you can plug into a lineup and uh, get you some uh, quality points that way. So uh, that does it uh, for uh, what I've got uh in store here today uh but uh basically just a uh a lot of nba stuff i wanted to just uh, talk about uh but uh it, it was a it was a wild week uh, i i have to say for the nba uh heading into the all-star uh uh week you know what ended up being good pub for the nba all things considered uh as uh, ridiculous as it was because it's leading into the first uh, NBA all uh, NBA Saturday night fixture on it, uh, ABC tonight. So you've got the Warriors and Rockets. Uh, you got a lot of publicity, so uh, it's attracting eyes. Even though the ridiculous nature of someone actually calling the cops on Chris Paul, <laughs> it's it's it, no one's gonna live that one down on Twitter. Uh, so many hot takes you could have generated from that. So uh, it should be interesting. We'll see how the interactions between the Rockets and Clippers go. Uh, so people are going to keep their eyes out on that for All-Star Weekend now. In addition to all the uh, Durant stuff, the uh, Kyrie, LeBron stuff, uh, you've got you got a lot of intrigue uh, going forward. So uh, that'll do for the show uh, today. I'll get into the NFL, uh, if not later today, uh, uh, definitely uh, uh uh, tonight, because uh, I'm also going to go into uh, the UFC uh, pay-per-view uh, coming up uh, uh, tonight. So uh, that's all for now. But uh, have a good day, uh, good uh, Saturday, everyone. most talked about position in all of sports, the quarterback. And now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field, Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach, Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks. Like, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Will dating Danica Patrick distract Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's dating Danica Patrick, Charlie. We're interested in that, you know? Well, I mean, Tommy's got Giselle. I'll (laughs) I'll take Giselle, okay? Is Dak Prescott good enough to win a Super Bowl for the Cowboys? Which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018? How about intellectually, Charlie, as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now? The game has changed, but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous. Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.